Welcome to Life Happens, where Texans come to protect their legacy and prepare for the second half of life. Join your host, attorney Kim Hegwood with Hegwood Law Group and our weekly guest as we navigate the challenges that emerge as life happens. Now here's your host, Kim Hegwood. Good morning. Welcome to Life Happens uh, with me, Kim Hegwood. And, and today our very special guest is Ron Nevlo with Inspire. Ron, welcome to the show. Thank you. So tell me about Inspire. What, what, what does your company do? So Inspire Senior Care is a mental health practice. And what we do is we are focused on senior living communities, going into senior living communities to provide one-on-one professional emotional support, uh, mental health counseling. And then what's really unique about what we do is we have a one-on-one brain fitness program. And so what we're doing is identifying seniors that have a mild cognitive impairment or if it's worse, dementia. And if it's a mild cognitive impairment, meaning it's a slowing down of the brain that's out of the ordinary for their age range, uh, we work with them to prevent dementia. And if they already have dementia, then we work to slow it down since dementia is a progressive syndrome. Yes, and uh, the statistics are showing that more and more people are getting diagnosed with it. And so so it couldn't be more relevant today to, to have you on the show. So so let me start by asking you, um, why is it important to know um, what works to keep a healthy brain? Well, I th- in my experience, what I think what I'm seeing is that when people retire, that's where I, I tend to come in. When people, prior to retirement, people are active. Uh, They're working or they're running households and they're getting things organized. They're doing a lot of the things that keep their brain in shape. When they retire and they have every right to slow down, unfortunately, they don't replace a lot of those things with their brains. And as a result, if they're not doing the things they need to do uh, to keep their brain active, their brain's going to start to slow down. And if it continues on, it's going to slow down too much and become an issue to where develops into a mild cognitive impairment and then potentially later into dementia. So we know that research has shown that, you know, that getting and keeping a a healthy brain is is hugely important. But um, what what are they telling us today? Because you know how research is. Uh, I always think about eggs, you know, eggs were healthy. No, they're not, you know, bacon, bad, bacon, good, you know, fat, bad, fat, good. And, um, and so, so, you know, what do you see is what's important um, these days in order to basically keep our brains working? Well, there's a lot of bad information out there. I'll start with, uh, or a lot of misleading information out there. And that's why I really like the opportunity and thank you again for letting me come on to educate people about what currently research is showing that is proven to work. And actually there are in general five things uh, in no particular order. Uh, number one, and probably the most widely accepted one is exercise, particularly aerobic exercise. Anything that gets the heart moving is good for the brain. Actually anything good for the brain, anything good for the heart is good for the brain. That's a, a general rule of thumb, but exercise is very widely accepted. Uh, A second thing, probably the most controversial one on my list is social interaction. I say that because actually the World Health Organization doesn't have it on their list. Uh, Social interaction is one that they say looks promising. And the reason why is if you look at the research that only looks at social interaction, they cannot tie it directly to healthy brains. 
But what they are noticing is that when they look at um, multiple variables, you know, looking at multiple things at a time, every group that is more socially engaged is healthier brain-wise. And so that's why I like to include it on my list because you use a lot of different brain functions when you're engaging with people socially. So it keeps it active. And so I always include that on my list. Uh, a third thing on that list would be uh, what people are referring to as brain foods. Um, those are, and once again, it's, it's the stuff that generally is heart healthy stuff. But if I was going to put, you know, specific things on the list, number one would probably be blueberries of all things. If you haven't heard of that one, blueberries, strawberries, uh, are very popular salmon or fish that are high in omega-3. Um, and then you would have things like, my mom wants me to tell you broccoli, bless her heart, <laughs> would never eat it, but uh, broccoli is very good for the brain. I love broccoli. Uh, tell mom thanks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then it would be things like spinach and uh, nuts and um, coconut oils and a lot of different things. Actually, even dark chocolate uh, in limited amounts looks promising. I wish it was milk chocolate. I would have one of the healthiest brains ever. Uh, um, me too. I'm a fan exactly. of milk chocolate myself. <laughs> there you go. Uh, fourth on the list, which um, I'm going to encapsulate into a single thing. But when you look at people's lists, it's usually broken down to multiple things. It's your general physical and mental health. So you'll see things like um, uh, particularly what they're looking at in the last few years has been the uh, connection between high blood pressure, high cholesterol and um dementia or brain issues. So keeping your cholesterol in check, keeping your uh, blood pressure in check is good. Um, uh, keeping your weight down, uh, limiting your uh, tobacco and alcohol intake, um, uh, watching uh, if, you have, if you're diabetic, keeping that under control, getting enough sleep, staying hydrated, and taking care of mental health in general are all good things. And the fifth one I would put on that list is what are called challenging cognitive activities. And um, that's the one probably most confusing one out there when I talk to people. And it's because you want to find something that's working on the issues you have. For instance, one of the big things if you go into senior living communities is um, uh, crossword puzzles. Crossword puzzles and word finds. They're incredibly popular. They're in virtually all of these communities. But what I find interesting is in independent living communities, they're usually, most of those people don't have dementia. Uh, that's why they're able to live independently. And for them, they don't really need those two because crossword puzzles and word finds works on long-term memory and word retention, both long-term memory functions. People that are relatively healthy or in early signs of uh, brain health issues, their long-term memory is fine. It's short-term memory that, that is the issue. And that's the first thing that'll tend to go. So working crossword puzzles isn't gonna help you. Another thing I'd tell you is that in that regard is um, computer games. Computer games are real popular. Like if you've heard of Lumosity. You ever heard of Lumosity? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they're real popular. They do a lot of stuff and, they, and they, they put out a lot of information about research, which they fund. And I never trust research where, you know, someone has something to benefit from it. So what the global research shows is that it's not that those things don't work. It's that you need someone working you through those activities to push you. So it's not cognitive activities, it's challenging cognitive activities. And so when someone gets on a game like Lumosity, they wanna win. And so they won't push themselves enough. So they'll create a cognitive activity, but they won't challenge themselves enough. Whereas if I were working them through that, I would push them to go further. 
So in Inspire, for instance, one of the things we do is we use a, uh, a program like that. Um, it's called Happy Neurons. And uh, we're always trying to find how well they can do on a particular computer module where they can get a perfect score. And wherever they can, we make it a little harder until they can't. And then we make them work that until they can get a perfect score. And then we're going to keep pushing it back just a little more and make it a little harder. That's the challenging part of it. And well, yes, that does sound does sound challenging. Here and I was thinking all of my free sale and Sudoku and you know all of my other little card games and stuff that I play randomly or may not cut it in um, in today's world of keeping my brain where it needs to be. So. Well, it's interesting. It, these are all cognitive activities and they're fun, right? Mm -hmm. it, it, the question is, can you find something that will really push you? Uh, to use your memory, to use your decision making, to use your processing speed or your um, uh, deductive reasoning. That's the stuff that you want to do to really push you. Yeah. So what do you think is the biggest mistakes that seniors make in regards to brain health? So the, the one that I really see is they wait too long to get checked out. Um, they they will notice things going on that concern them and they won't do anything about it. They'll tell themselves they're just getting older and it's nothing to worry about. And then other people will start to notice and they still won't do anything about it. And by the time they will finally do something about it, um, it's noticeable to most everybody. Then they'll go see their um, physician. So their physician's good because he can, they can give them, the physician can give them a test to see if they have dementia, but they're not gonna diagnose specifically what's going on uh, in the way that a psychologist could. I personally would tell them, when you start to notice some things out of the ordinary, brain-wise, get to a psychologist and get some just minimal testing to screen yourself for cognitive impairments. That's all you need to do. It takes 45 minutes, probably. You know, I'm not talking about a full neuropsych testing, which is like six to 10 hours. I'm just talking about something relatively simple, but do it early. Because by the time you get to dementia, it, it, dementia at this point in time is not curable. So you're stuck. But if you catch it early where it's not dementia and it's a cognitive, mild cognitive impairment, that's preventable. That you can improve and you can get back to normal. So that's why it's so important to get checked out early and get checked out, and particularly, I'd say, by a psychologist. So what do you think that senior living communities lack in helping their residents stay brain healthy? So this is where my company, Inspire, came out of. We noticed a something missing. So if you look at senior living communities and you look at the five things that um, uh, research shows to be effective, senior living communities provide exercise programs. Uh, they provide social activities. Uh, their menus are full of brain foods, you know, whether their residents eat it or not, they have no control over, but you know they're out there. Um, a lot of these communities will have on-site medical professionals to help with medical needs, or they will bring them in on-site, or they will give them transportation to get to these people. Four of the five things are covered. The, the one that's not typically is the challenging cognitive activities. That's the one that's not, because they're doing crossword puzzles and word finds. It's not enough, and it's usually, you know, that's, that's fine for your people with dementia, but it's not enough. Also, when I see in these communities, a lot of them aren't doing any brain health uh, activities, uh, or when they do, they're doing it in a group, which is what they're set up to do. They're not set up to do one-on-one. -on -one. They, they're not staffed that way. They can't be. 
So they can't individualize it for their needs. So that's why, you know, we at Inspire came through and, and created a program where we come on site and do the one-on-one -on -one work to add to it. So, you know, and then the senior living communities that have us coming in or someone similar to that, yeah, they're, they're really meeting their full needs. And that's what you need to do. You know, personally, I'd rather them get something every single day. Um, that's not always possible, but it is possible. You just got to work at it. So, you know, a lot of people come in and, and, um, and they ask about, you know, the differences between, you know, dementia and Alzheimer's, you know, and, and now Alzheimer's is a considered a form of dementia, you know, so they've kind of changed that. And, and for me, you know, I know a lot about all the different ones, you know, but what I find in, in my practice usually is that Alzheimer's patients tend to be very healthy usually have nothing else wrong, no health issues whatsoever, but dementia, that's not the case. What do you find that is probably uh, more accurate when it comes to, you know, people distinguishing between, you know, dementia and Alzheimer's? I, I think you've been fortunate in the Alzheimer's people you're seeing, actually. Um, and, and hopefully it's because they're getting to you earlier rather than later. So there's a real misunderstanding between the terms. So the way I explained it to someone, the difference between dementia and Alzheimer's is the difference between um, sports and basketball. So Alzheimer's is to basketball, to sports is to dementia. Dementia is the overall category. And Alzheimer's is the most prevalent form of dementia. It's about 65 to 85% of the dementia cases are Alzheimer's. It's clearly most prevalent. That's why everyone talks about it. But I like to talk about the difference because we often talk about them like they're completely different. Alzheimer's is dementia. It's not the only type, but it is dementia. And dementia, you know, particularly Alzheimer's, if you live long enough, it's going to take everything from you. It's going to affect you completely globally. It's going to take uh, physically, mentally, cognitively. It's going to do everything from you. And it'll eventually kill you if you live long enough because it's going to shut everything down as the brain deteriorates. But dementia is a it's not even called a disease. It's actually called a syndrome. It's a series of symptoms that fall under the general term dementia. And there are other types of dementias, like if you've heard of Lewy body syndrome, which uh, Robin Williams, I think in many ways, made famous in this country. No one had hardly heard of it till he died. Or uh, frontotemporal dementia or vascular dementia or Huntington's disease. And there are a lot of different types, but Alzheimer's clearly the big one. But dementia is an overall category of something that is progressive, meaning it's going to continue to get worse if you live long enough. Um, and it's deadly. It's going to be fatal. And so, so I guess the big question becomes, um, what do I do? You know, uh, me and anybody else listening or the things you recommend to, to keep my brain active? That's a great question. And, you know, when we talk to our seniors, even, you know, particularly if their insurance doesn't cover our services, which always breaks my heart because the insurance industry hasn't caught up to wellness programs for the brain. They're, they're willing to cover brain programs if you already have dementia, but not if you don't yet, which is really sad because, you know, if dementia is progressive and isn't going to get better, but if you catch it before, it's dementia, you can make it better. Why wouldn't you cover it before? So I've been here, okay, so if you can't, what should I be doing? Well, it's the five things, but you know, what are the five things should I be focused on? Well, you should be exercising whenever possible aerobically. Walking is great. 
always tell people walk. If the weather's not good, get a treadmill. Walk around your house if you have to. Whatever. Walk in place. I don't care. Walk. Keep your heart rate up. But regarding challenging cognitive activities, what are the best types? And so I think for seniors in particular is technology, learning technology. If they have access, you know, prior to the pandemic, you could go to a library, you could go to a junior college, you can get classes on technology. You could get your grandchildren to come over and teach you things all about technology because the seniors in senior living communities didn't grow up with it. In fact, my generation that hasn't in senior living communities yet, we started seeing this technology in college. You know, I, I still remember the laptop I'm, I'm on, uh, the power of it was probably bigger than the computer in college, which was as big as a room. And it's just a different day, but it opens up all these opportunities that are fabulous. And learning, learning anything new is great for the brain. That's the overall thing. Learning anything new is great for the brain. Technology is a great one. Another one is language. You know, if there's a language you used to speak or you always wanted to learn, uh, if, you, if you're able to get online, uh, duolingo.com is one uh, free site I know of that's real easy to learn a language from. But language is a challenge. But it's excellent for the brain because, remember, it's a challenging kind of activity that you want. Uh, but it could be anything. You know, um, there's actual research that shows knitting or digital photography is good for the brain, learning how to do those things. But going to a lecture, hearing it, going, oh, that's interesting, and then you're done with it. That's not that's a that's a cognitive activity, not a challenging one. It's when you have to use things repeatedly. So what do I recommend to keep my brain active is learning anything new that you have to use it again is really an excellent thing to keep your brain active, whatever it may be. Perfect. Like for you, you're always doing continuing education, right? And for yeah. me, my big activity is I'm a lead singer in a band. So I'm always having to learn lyrics and I have to remember them. So for me, that's good for me. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we I personally take a lot of, of CLE every year because of our different practice areas. And so, and, um, but um, no, we're always, you know, always focused on um, what can we do to, you know, to help keep our brains, you know, active, uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how you put it, work tends to have with, you know, tends to stretch the brain a lot in my office. And so. And it doesn't anyone's because you have to learn certain things and then stay up to date and you have to recall it and use it. And that's why I say most of the brain health issues I see in people are happening probably a couple years outside of retirement, because mm -hmm. while you have earned retirement to go and relax, it's not good for your brain. You got to find fun things to do with your brain to keep it active and to do the things you need to do to keep your brain healthy. Exercise, social interaction, uh, uh, heart healthy eating, taking care of your health and challenging cognitive activities. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. So uh, Ron, tell our listeners, um, how do they find you if they would like to use your services? Okay, so uh, the company is called Inspire Senior Care. I always call it Inspire because people hear senior care and they think we're home health. We're not. We're mental health and brain fitness. So if you went online and went to inspireseniorcare.com, uh, you would see a phone number, which will go to me, or you can call me directly at 214-563-2126. And uh, if we can help you via telehealth, we'd love to. If we, uh, If you're in a senior living community, I'd love an introduction to try and bring our services to your community. Wherever we can do, however we can help people, we're here to help.
Perfect. And um, so I appreciate it. And thanks so much for being on the show today. And thanks for uh, having me. we look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Life Happens with Kim Hegwood. Be sure to tune in every Thursday at 10 a.m. wherever you listen to your podcast as we navigate through the challenges that emerge as life happens. The content of this podcast does not establish an attorney-client relationship or constitute attorney-client privilege, legal, medical, financial, or any other professional advice.